Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. Uh, we're here with a brand new episode, brand new series, actually, um, or I say brand new series. We've been doing a few of them this year, 2020, on brand position, and um, we're doing these brand position consultations, if you will. And really, this is just a conversation that I'm having with a few photographers about the development of their brand position. I am joined by the wonderful Tasha. Thank you so much, Tasha Gaines, for hanging out with me today. And we're actually, this is the second episode you've done with the Boca Podcast. I know, weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you're a celebrity. I mean, that's so. Everybody that that hasn't heard your episode yet, if you go back to episode number three hundred, actually, we talked wow. about the therapeutic photo sessions that you do, which is a really cool concept. And you know, so much of what brand position about is distinction, right? Setting yourself apart. You do something in those therapeutic photo sessions that definitely set you apart. So, for anybody listening in, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to Tasha's episode. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But today we're specifically talking about brand position development for Tasha's business. And Tasha, you and I, just to kind of break the fourth wall, we've been going back and forth chatting about this a little bit on Facebook Messenger, right? Right, we have. <laughs> well, and, and I want to give um, just a little bit of context to what it means, that what the idea of brand position even means for those of you listening in. And then we'll kind of dig into some of the conversation that Tasha and I have been having behind the scenes and um, you know, ultimately, this is meant to be a conversation. As, as I said, it is, the goal is to ultimately land on a clear and distinct brand position for Tasha's company, for her business. And uh, whether we actually land on the very specific brand position she runs with today, or this becomes a conversation that kind of takes Tasha in the right direction, either way, it'll be a value not only to Tasha, hopefully, uh, but also to everybody listening in to better understand the significance of the brand position in the process of marketing your business. And Tasha, I'm going to give a little bit of context to our listeners, too. The benefits of a, of a brand position for them specifically, number one, potential clients immediately will know your unique value proposition. So if they come to your website or maybe you know old school, they, they get a business card or flyer, something to that effect, but they see something about your business, you're able to immediately communicate the unique value proposition, how you or any other business adds value to their life. And that is, that is the end goal here. How do we add value to their life and do so uniquely? or distinctly from another business. Number two, it filters irrelevant potential clients. So if they see or hear about your UVP and it doesn't match what they're looking for, they're like, oh, I'm going to go find a different photographer. And that's okay because we want clients that match our brand. The third benefit is that it simplifies and focuses our marketing efforts. That means that we don't have to juggle multiple marketing messages in the effort to try to bring on new clients. If we have a very clear and distinct brand position, all of our marketing efforts center around that. And then the fourth benefit, again, for everybody listening in and, and for Tasha as well, it encourages better time management. So the goal here, and of course, much of what we talk about the podcast is about time management, efficiently working efficiently. If we know what our business is trying to accomplish, what we're trying to accomplish with our business, I should say, 
then that will drive literally everything that we do in our business day to day. Um, it, it's really fascinating, actually. It filters out anything that's irrelevant, enables us to focus on that which is most relevant to our business goals. So those are the benefits of a brand position. And to be clear, it's not an end-all, be-all. It's not you know all pieces of the puzzle. It is a piece of the puzzle in our effort at marketing our business, but it plays an important role. It's not talked about enough in the industry, and so we're doing that here on these episodes. All right, so enough of me rambling. That's a little bit of context to the conversation, uh, but I want to just get right into it and, and give our listeners some context, Tasha and help me understand a little bit better. So just to give context as far as your market is concerned, right now you are based where? And I think actually two different markets, right? Yeah, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so and and two pretty significant markets, a little ways apart. What is that, two, three hours apart? Two two hours um, without me getting caught by the call 145. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Well, we don't want you to do that. Um, But that's that's. Two pretty distinct markets. Now, are you? Have you ever thought about narrowing it down to one of those two markets? I have thought about that, but I still have my love for my home city, which is Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. So I, I build a lot of community here. I moved to Atlanta just because I started an occupational therapy business and a nonprofit there. So I started spreading my wings there because I'm there mostly now and only here in Birmingham on weekends. Gotcha. So you kind of have to be in both places anyway. So why not market right. to both, right? Um, the, right. Only, the only caveat to that, and part of the reason that I ask is when I was um, looking at each of those markets, for example, I just did a quick search, and, and we'll get into this in more detail in just a bit. But when I did a, a search on portrait photography in Georgia, because it, actually, when you go to your Instagram account right now, the position statement that you have or, or the reference that you have to a location is Alabama and Georgia. Those are pretty right. big markets. If we get more specific to Atlanta and Birmingham, that at least narrows it some. But you know, when I, when I search, um, let me actually, I pulled this up. It's kind of interesting. When I pulled up portrait photographer or portrait photography in Birmingham, I'm sorry, Atlanta, Georgia, I got... Let's see, 579 million results. <laughs> yeah. I should break it down. I thought about breaking it down just because I live in Smyrna, Georgia, which yeah. is like 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. Right. Well, and it, I'm out, I guess, in metro Atlanta. Uh, I thought about just going straight to Smyrna and just being targeting that Smyrna, Midtown, and Marietta area. Which is smart. And, and again, we'll get into this in a bit more detail in, a, um, in just a few minutes. But Narrowing, when, when you establish a brand position, one of the ways that you can create distinction is by calling out a specific segment of the market. Now, that can be a particular type of person or segment of people. That can also be a particular location. And, and so that, if you say, hey, I am a, you know, if I'm a Chattanooga wedding photographer for skateboarders, for example, and this is an example mm-hmm. I keep using over and over again, but skateboarders are a particular segment of the market. That's a particular group of people. And of course, I'm calling out a location, Chattanooga, and then wedding photography is the genre. So I'm getting specific in three different ways right there. That immediately is going to help narrow search results. Um, It'll also help narrow my marketing efforts. Uh, So that's just something to think about is to get a little bit more specific in that that regard. But what type of photography do you currently tell your potential clients that you specialize in, if if you do at all? Um, Right now, I'm learning what I don't like to do. totally found out the hard way. Sure. Um, but I do like doing lifestyle and lifestyle does involve portraits and family sessions. I still get people asking me that, but I've been moving more to branding. I know that's like the most popular thing right now, but I still do that just because I'm detail oriented. What I do for branding, I do a little bit more questionnaires. I, I got to, I, I get to know the patient. I'm um, sorry, not patient. I get to know my <laughs> client. I'm sorry. The OT thing kicks in sometimes. Yeah. And um, I really become personal with it because I really know, I need to know who you are before I shoot you because if I'm shooting your brand, I can't shoot something I don't know about. So. Right. 
also I do I still do events. I do I get called a lot for events, so mostly corporate and commercial events as well. Okay, and then you also it's something you haven't mentioned that you talked to me a bit about was the special needs photography as well, right? Right. I am a, actually going into that now. I've been doing a lot of research lately because I noticed that's a, something that's not publicized for people with special needs is visuals general. And when I went and then I narrowed down my searches, like is any other therapist, like occupational therapist or physical therapist is specializing in special needs. And then I don't see that. I mean, I know one in particular, but she does it. She does it as a project, but not offering that services to that person. I'm saying like, well, maybe if they can get somebody who understands sensory, mo- in sensory motor behavior, show how to do the nature of it. Cause I know a lot of portrait photographers say, Oh yeah, I shoot special needs. I'm like, okay, you shoot them, but do you understand them totally? And they don't, they just know I can shoot a picture when they're in the moment, but not understand totally what they're going through. Yeah. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to break the fourth wall again here and uh, not to, you know, spoil it a little bit, but I am, you and I talked about this and I'm a, such a huge fan of the idea for multiple reasons. And, and I'll just, I'll go ahead and say this too. I don't know if I even mentioned this to you, Tasha, but my my former partner um, was working for the local. It's it's an Orange Grove Center is the name of the establishment here in the Chattanooga area, but they are they are dedicated to working with the special needs community here in Chattanooga. And cool. so at one point, I actually lived in a group home. Uh, we, w- we live with three guys, and um, so I'm very closely connected with, associated with that world, and have such a heart for that community yeah. as well. So I'm a little bit biased, I will say, but on an objective level and looking at it from, you know, the standpoint of an entrepreneur and a business owner, you, you, the best thing to do when you're trying to create and establish a brand, particularly a a clear and distinct brand position, but ultimately a business is to go where there isn't a lot of busyness, right? So for example, if I, if I want to be a a photographer and I'm like, I'm going to be a wedding photographer, it would be a little bit, I mean, there's opportunity still there, but I'd be jumping into a really busy market. But if I say I want to be a special needs photographer, if you just do a quick Google search, anybody listening in, you're going to find that there's really not, there there really aren't that many photographers that are dedicated to that particular need. And so by doing that, Tasha, you'd automatically be going into a a segment of the market that that is not, I mean, it's highly underserved, which means that there's more opportunity for you. So we'll, we'll get into that more in just a little bit, but lifestyle branding events, special needs photography. Um, I I know that you, you talked about branding and asking questions. Is that not something that a lot of branding photographers do that they tend to just kind of jump in and photograph? Well, my background is occupational therapy with an art history major. With me, I look into colorology. I look at your personality. I do a personality test to ensure that you and me are even compatible. Because wow. I know that I'm like really out there sometimes with my personality. And I know some people can't handle that. Uh, but I feel like knowing the person's personality and their brand, where they're trying to display themselves is a big thing. So that's one thing that I like to think myself with other people. It's like, hey, I actually go into details, delve in, find out what things you want to do. I make my own mood boards, and then I let their clients make the mood boards too. So we try to put both our mood boards together to see can we create them together. I have a lot of back-end things I do before I start shooting. Wow. Okay, so you create a, a, a really <laughs> distinct experience in that regard. So, And I know that you were kind of torn as we were talking prior to today's interview that you know, about whether or not you go what one direction or the other, or just have two different brands and whether or not you have two yeah. different websites that support those two brands. There's a lot of questions here. And I know it's really hard to narrow down, especially when in, in some ways you may still be wanting to generate just as much revenue as possible, utilizing right. the strengths that you have. Um, it can be a little disconcerting to say, okay, I'm going to set these aside and focus on one thing. Right. But there is such a, a really interesting opportunity to, to focus 
on something that that not a lot of photographers are focusing on. Again, I'm I'm a bit biased in this case on multiple levels, but uh, we'll talk more about that opportunity in a second. What what type of or what percentage, I guess, of the services that you're offering right now are represented by lifestyle branding events, special needs? Like, how does that break down percentage wise? Well, it's kind of funny because right now I do get a lot of like lifestyle branding sessions right now because um, people are, you know, I'm doing v- more video now. So a lot of people are aiming for me for that branding aspect because, okay, she could do the videos, she could do the photography. That's what I've been doing lately. I still get old families have shot before. They always say, hey, Tasha, can I shoot the family thing for me? Or you really toy with my heart <laughs> and I really come do it. Like I had one family recently come to me saying, hey, we never had real family pictures. Yeah. People said that you're good. We really want to use you because you know how to bring personality. And I'm like, oh, you got my heart. <laughs> yes, I can do it. You know, so I get things like that with. I shoot things that interest me, and sometimes sure. we do shoot things that we don't want to shoot because I really want this new light, and I just want to, you know, work for it to get it. With special needs, I do have a lot of clients who I serve as a, I, I should say this. I am a 16-year pediatric occupational therapist okay. specializing in that, and I do get a lot of families say, hey, Tasha, can you come shoot my kid? You've been with my kid these years. Like, yeah. recently, I think I showed you this little last session I did with the one of my kids I had for eight years as an OT client. And mom asked me to photograph him for his senior's pictures. And she also asked me to walk him down the aisle for graduation. Oh, wow. So, um, I got, me, I I get like, goosebumps. <laughs> you'd saying that seriously. Yeah. I mean, I love my clients. Like it, recently I did extra testimonials from some of my clients just for OT things. I started my own practice in Atlanta Yeah. and just getting all those testimonials and things they have said, things they experienced with me, they made me cry. I'm sitting here like, I never knew that I had a big impact on a personal life just for even you know, three months to a year. And then on top of that, the ones I have photographed, like I put a call on Facebook about, you know, I need special needs kiddos. I can, you know, build my portfolio for the special needs. And I didn't think I would get like 98 responses from people I serve. Wow. Like, we love you because we like people who know me since I graduated from school and they're like, you know, we watch your work grow and we're like, we're really happy that you're doing this. I'm like, Oh, you play with my heart. Stop it. So, <laughs> well, but, but I mean that in and of itself just speaks so loudly, you know, I mean, there's number one, there's obviously need number two, you have a gift, you have, you have right. a certain perspective that very, very, very few people have. And the combination of those things just put you in this awesome place to be able to launch a brand, which I think it would do so, so well. Um, you mentioned that session that that um, you shared with me. And yes, in fact, I actually have it pulled it up in front of me. And it, first of all, it's just beautifully done. Um, and, and I know that something that you're a huge fan of is color and the vibrant yeah. color. And, and you can see that color in this too. But there is the, the portraits that you took of this person are just, they're insightful. Like you, you see right. this person's personality. And first of all, the fact that you're able to enable them to feel comfortable enough in front of the camera is, it could be a challenge in and of itself, right? So right. You, you overcome that with your ability and your perspective. And then the fact that you're able to capture their personality so effectively, I mean, it is, I, I wish the world could see these, these images, it's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. So the, the talent set is there. The perspective is there. You av- obviously already have the market as well. I mean, this is kind of an unusual consultation per se, because I think you've already done all the hard work, the heavy lifting. It's just a matter of kind of committing in one direction or another. But yeah, <laughs> what would you say? I mean, I think you've already really spoken to this, but just for the sake of conversation, for everybody listening in, um, what would you say makes your photography brand unique to your, your markets, the two markets that you're playing in, um, if anything? I think you said I'm very personal. I'm just, you know, I really try to stay in tune with people in general. And I think as part of that is just because I'm a therapist. I don't think 
that I think that is most of it, but also I think it's my upbringing because I was raised with a mother who was a special needs teacher mm. or a father who, who was also into education, helping others. So main reason why I ended up as a therapist was because of them, because they said you have the personality to make a difference. And I was like, yeah, right. Cause you know, I was a, I was a tyrant when I was younger. So I don't see that, <laughs> you know, I know what I'm capable of doing. So, you know, um, but during the years I started, you know, getting shaped into myself and what I'm good at and what I'm, I'm just a personal person. I mean, you can come to me. You can be in a bad mood. You may come out just smiling, smiling so hard that you're crying. So, but I, th- I think it's the combination of your your personality. You are extremely personable, extremely kind. You again, you bring a perspective to bear, especially in working with a special needs community that is so so unique too. Number three, what's inter- what I find interesting, even as we're talking today, and we've we've talked in, in quite a bit in in the past. Yeah. Um, but even as we're talking today, you you talk with a sense of assertiveness that is, it's not, not an, no, and you cringed for anybody that's not watching the video of this, um, you cringed, but that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really wonderful thing on multiple levels. So number one, um, somebody that walked, that is working with somebody of, that's part of the special needs community. And of course, those needs vary from person to person, right? Oh yeah. Um, and yeah. in some cases very, very widely. So Perspective again. Your perspective and your experience is going to be helpful in that regard. But you have to be able to to be assertive in the sense that you have to move quickly. You have to make decisions. Right. And I can tell. I mean, your brain just works so quickly. Um, that's the problem. <laughs> no, I, and I don't think that's a problem though. Again, I think it's actually a really wonderful thing. Uh, I wish I had that talent set at times because I tend to think too slow. Uh, but that's that's really an asset. Um, and I think that's something wonderful that you bring to your business and more specifically potentially to this, this market, because I think it's going to pay dividends. It's going to play a pretty significant role in your, your ability to be able to handle a situation. You may only have five minutes with this individual in which they're comfortable enough to, to be able to be posed for, for some pictures and then they're done. Right. Or maybe you have 15 or 20 minutes, but you have to be able to be on for that five minutes and get the job done. And you obviously have the ability to, to move that quickly, to be assertive enough in that scenario um, which, so I don't, don't cringe. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a really great thing. You should play to your strengths. Um, I think it's really wonderful. What would you say, kind of taking another step back and looking at this in a broader perspective? Um, you know, we talk about, I, I mentioned earlier, one of the benefits of a brand position, clear and distinct brand position is it ultimately drives what you do in your business day to day. And right. if this is what you're going to, whatever the thing is, um, I, I'm voting for the special needs photography, but if whatever the thing is, if, if you're going to be spe- focusing on that on a day to day basis, for weeks or months or years on end, then there should be an underlying motivation that's driving you that it is really bigger than yourself, right? It's just right. bigger than I just, you know, you mentioned earlier, kind of joking, like I want to buy this pair, this, this equipment. I mean, when I started in photography, one of the reasons I even started in professional photography is because the idea of buying a thousand dollar camera was so exciting to me. <laughs> Like my like. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I was only like 20 or 21 at the time. So, I mean, it's so funny to look back on, but there is, and, and I know, by the way, I know this, I know that you have an underlying motivation that's much bigger than yourself working with a special needs community and being in occupational therapy. But this is really important again, for everybody listening in when they're considering how to, what brand position to establish that brand position dictates how they're going to be spending their time. So they better be sure that this thing that they're doing 
is bigger than themselves because it's going to, that will enable them to minimize the, the possibility of burnout. They're going to maintain a certain level of motivation that will drive them day to day because it's ultimately about serving somebody else or serving another community. And that will drive them in a much, much greater way than just, you know, I want this thing or I want that thing or I want to be a great artist. Um, there's got to be something innate to that that's, that's bigger than ourselves. So right. to that point, what would you say are maybe two or three of the bigger reasons why you even got into photography in the first place? I think the first reason was because I was, you know, I'm a mom. I did end up having a daughter. So um, when I was with my ex, we both were like, we really don't want to spend all this money on photography. Let us learn how to do it ourselves. Okay. So that was my main thing because I really want to capture everything with her when she was younger. Um, mm. Me being an OT school, I was in school like nine years straight <laughs> just because I have an OTD in my field. So I was missing moments. So every time I get a chance to see her, I will take pictures of her, like just doing like playing, or she's is doing something bad and she don't supposed to be doing anyway. I've caught a couple of those moments. <laughs> um, I'm like, well, or you know, because it's for me to remind myself, like this is what I worked for, this is what I've been doing right. all my life to make sure she has a stable life. So she was actually my main motivator. Okay. My second motivator would be like I had to do something with my right brain. Hmm. Um, me being a therapist, I'm using the left brain most of the time, analytical and detailed. Even though I'm an OT, OT does let me have some creativity to it as well, but not as much creativity that I want because I was limited. Yeah. Wherever I work, I couldn't do what I really wanted. Like my, like you said, my brain, my brain do go 100 miles per hour, sometimes 200 miles per hour. And I'm like, oh, I can make this and that and that, but I was limited. Sure. So I had to figure out ways how to get my right brain motivated as well so I can be more creative yeah. to keep my sanity. Yeah. So um, that was my main part. I just really want to use my right brain, be creative, and just do something I wanted to do. And that's not based on rules or any limitations of the government or anything, which is true because insurance. So. Oh, man. Well, yeah, but there, there is something to be said for creativity. I've realized this even more recently for myself that, that um, you know, as much as I have to spend time on kind of the practical, logical side, like you were talking about data analyzation, yeah. looking at the numbers and that, that in of itself, there, that has a certain appeal for me. I'm learning to appreciate it more um, than I used to. But the flip side of that is, as I've been making more of an effort to create content for the podcast, and we're, we're putting out a lot of content in that regard, I've found a, a real enjoyment in that creative process. You're just creating, it, but I'm creating with a, a deeper sense of a need to add value to our community at large. Right. So selfishly, I enjoy the creative process, but I'm underlying that as a desire to add value to somebody else. And right. that that's an interesting similarity to what you're talking about here too, these two things. First of all, you wanted to capture your daughter you know what it's like to to have these images from your daughter's life as she's growing up, the right. significance of those. There's a, a very deep emotional connection there. And so if you have a desire to bring that, that similar experience to other people, you're going to have a, a deep emotional connection to that desire because you know its significance for yourself. You want to give that same right. experience, that same feeling, those same emotions to somebody else. And at the end of the day, if it's sometimes it gets a little bit frustrating or annoying, you can reach back to that underlying motivation, which is bigger than yourself. It's about serving somebody else to give them something right. that you've experienced. That is huge. That's awesome. And so I love that that's underlying what you're doing. And of course, then the creativity associated with that is, yeah, sure, maybe a bit selfish in nature, but it's ultimately enabling you to serve a, an right. individual or serve a community. And I think it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And again, this is a great example for everybody listening in as you're considering what you want to do on a bigger picture scale for the sake of a business model, and then ultimately determining what your brand position is, make sure that the motivational factors involved 
go beyond just any kind of selfish motivation that they're ultimately about in some way serving an individual, serving a group of people um, as a photography business owner, and that will sustain you for a much, much longer time. I think it makes a big difference. So I wanted to to highlight that. Um, But of course, it also plays into ultimately your decision about what brand position you land on, how you spend your time specifically, which brings right. us back to the conversation about what direction to go, right? So right. If, if we're looking, and I, I don't really, this is kind of a unique situation in, in that I don't need to do a whole lot of Google searching for results in Atlanta or or in Birmingham, for that matter, for special needs portrait photographers. I mean, we, you and I already talked about the fact, and yeah. I think you maybe even alluded to it earlier during our conversation today, about the fact that brand position, or I'm sorry, brand photography right now, it's all the, it's all the rage. Like everybody, right. it seems like, is doing it. So if you go that direction, you'd be playing in a really busy space, and you could probably find a ton of photographers just doing a quick search that specialize in that. You're likely not going to find many, if any at all, in fact, um, even just doing a broader search like Georgia or Alabama special needs photography. And I did this earlier, and I'm, I'm going to pull up my browser here and just comment on what I'm seeing here. But when I search special needs photography, Georgia, and by the way, for everybody listening in, just to give context to what I'm doing here, if you're curious, what is your what kind of competition you have in the market that you want to serve in the genre that you're wanting to photograph in and in the specialty that you're wanting to photograph in, do a Google search. It's right there in front of you. Look at the first three, four pages of results. See what those photographers are talking about. And you can listen to some of our past brand position um, episodes and listen to some of those examples that I've, I've read on air. But when I when I search special needs photography, Georgia, by the way, instead of 560 million, I get 56 million results. And of course, they're not all going to be actually relevant. But you can see 10% of the results now. So we've narrowed it way, way down um, on a broader scale. But then when you start looking at the results that pop up, there really aren't actually photographers that specifically specialize in this. In fact, the first result that comes up, and I'm not going to name names here, but the first result that comes up when I search special needs photography Georgia um, is a photographer who specializes in fine art portraits. Whatever they've done with their SEO, maybe they photographed a, a unique session specifically for a special needs and somebody that's part of the special needs community, but that's not their actual brand position. Um, they just happen to be at the top of the results as a result of you know potential SEO work that was done. If I do special needs photography Atlanta, let me look and see what comes up here. I'll do this live. The same person comes up, um, and then I scroll down. Um, I see specialkidsphotography.com, which I think is kind of a, yeah, so this is Special Kids Photography of America, which is an organization that's at least partially dedicated to putting together a group of photographers who are right. photographing the special needs community in the U.S., which is really, really great, but it's it's not an individual business. So you don't really have competition there, per se. Right. I, the next actual individual business that pops up, again, I click on that, that uh, result, and this particular person... I mean, if I go to their portfolio, they have a family's portfolio and then something else that I'm not exactly sure what it is. But again, this person isn't actually specializing in similar experience with if if I search special needs photography, Alabama, uh, the only person that came up specifically from that search result that was kind of interesting, actually. And I think this was from I think this was from Alabama. Um, Yeah, right here. So it was specialneedsportraits.com. And I will go ahead and shout out this brand. They're actually based in Washington State. But they've done a really great job of being specific and saying their position is inclusive photography for special families, but they're not anywhere close to your market. So not actual competition uh, in the context of our conversation, which is, is good to note. It's important to note. Yeah. All this to say, you don't have a lot of competition. 
Um, unlike if you were going to be a wedding photographer, a portrait photographer, a family photographer, a brand photographer, where it might matter that we actually go and search and look at these individually, there just aren't a lot of results. And so at this point, the world or your markets are kind of your oyster. You get to do whatever it is that you want to. So it, it, it's really a matter of just deciding, number one, am I willing to commit, right? Number one. Number two, what will that messaging be? Now, because there isn't a lot of competition, really any competition, you can kind of pick your messaging. And you can, even more specifically, you can actually be quite broad in your messaging. You know, whereas is the, the example that I gave earlier as a wedding photographer, if I wanted to be a wedding photographer in Chattanooga, where I'm based, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I wanted to stand out, I wouldn't be able to just say wedding photographer Chattanooga, because there are plenty of those. Right. Um, so I need, would need to be more specific. I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer. Now that's narrowing it way down or wedding photographer only photographs in black and white. That's going to immediately filter out people that aren't, irre- that are not relevant. Um, and then I could, I could make it more specific. I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer. That's only photographing skateboarders, right? I could be more specific, but you don't need to do that. And that's the cool thing, um, about your, your situation here is that you can just kind of do whatever you want. You can be broad. You could say something, for example, like I wrote a couple of ideas down, but you could actually be, you could say something like portrait photography for the special needs community of Atlanta. Um, or you could do the same thing of Birmingham. You could actually be really broad. So the question is, are you willing to commit Tasha? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing because like, like I said I love doing everything else I do but I know there's a need I know a lot of people have talked to me about this I had either some either big time photographers also come to me and say the same thing to me like Tasha you, this is something you should have been doing a long time ago Yeah. and then also my own little 19 year old decided to come put her two little sits in and say mom I told you that when I was like 16 really, like, really? <laughs> yeah because she always said mom you always had a special heart was working with kids with special needs. Like, that's what your practice based on is your personality and how parents respect you. Yeah. Because you come to the kids after, like, a real person. Because any person I know sometimes get hesitant when they're around kids with autism. They're like, oh, that kid's acting up. I embrace it. I think it's fun. (laughs) But, you know, I really have to figure out what I want to do and do I want to make it two separate brands or do I want to make it one, you know, make it one brand? Because I'm right now redoing my website after, like, a long time ago. (laughs) I finally told somebody I need help and can you help me do it? Sure. So I'm getting that help. Um, But I'm just trying to figure out what to go. Should I still do both or just do one? You know what I mean? Well, and to that point, so there's a couple of different ways you can go here. And for anybody listening in, this is something to think about, too. Um, As much as specificity and, and I think ultimately focusing on one position is more beneficial in many cases because none of us as much as we might like to think that we are and we're not necessarily great at multitasking when it comes to juggling multiple businesses right yeah that's a lot (laughs) (laughs) well that's a lot to think about so here's the thing though it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing proposition per se right this second uh first of all you mentioned earlier that you still have families that come to you and want want you to photograph them you know just generally and that's not a bad thing it's not that that you can't photograph anyone and everyone for that matter you just won't market it so now the question is, right. what services are you going to actually focus on marketing? And if you're still torn uh, between, well, and if you're stor- still torn between the special needs community and uh, let's say branding uh, photography, go ahead. If you have the, the, the resources, the ability, the time to do so and create two different websites and you can create two different websites, two different yeah. brands dedicated to each. And the, the cool thing is at the end of the day, the data will speak for itself. Make sure you're, right. you've got Google analytics plugged into both and make sure that any Revenue generated from either brand is very clearly distinguished, so you know how much you're making from each. And you can just make the decision based, I mean, certainly on your personal experience, but also make it based on the numbers. The numbers don't lie, right? That's black and white at the end of the day. Um, But I wouldn't 
I wouldn't try to put the two together because trying to make sense yeah. of special needs photography and brand photography in the same site, that's going to be really, really tough. Yeah, and that's what I was telling my person, my web developer. I was like, you know, it's I, I'm going to venture out of that to I add it to my website. I said, yeah, we can make a different page to it. I said, that's how vaccines do I need to put it on the same website, you know? So I just got to figure out, you know, it's me sure to come up with a new name and stuff like that. And I really don't want to come up with another name for um, a brand because I want people to know it's me, you know? Right. Well, so I mean, don't know. It, it could be, you know, it could be something as simple as just Tasha Gaines. Cause right now on your website, if I go to your website, it's Tasha Gaines photography. Um, mm-hmm. It could be Tasha Gaines. You could even use the same logo or a similar logo, maybe a, maybe an adjustment to the logo for each of the brands. But then Tasha Gaines in the subtext underneath brand photography, because right now it says just photography. Then the other mm-hmm. site could say special needs photography or special needs portrait photography. And but then the SEO would be developed out for each of the separate brands accordingly. All the imagery would be separated out accordingly. All the navigation on the site accordingly. It would be specific to each brand at that point. Yeah. And that, that's really important is just creating that distinction. As far as the messaging is concerned, um, you know, as I mentioned, on the, port, on the special needs side, you can, you can kind of be broad at this point. You can own a broader space in the market because there are not a lot of people playing there. So it could be something as straightforward as portrait photography for the special needs community. Uh, my suggestion would it be to at least call out the market in which you want to work or markets in this case, if you are going to continue to travel back and forth and photograph in both. So, you know, Atlanta and Birmingham, for example. Right. So p- portrait photography for the special needs community in Atlanta and Birmingham. Um, and then make sure that everything on your website backs up that brand position, the imagery yeah. and the copy to back it up. Now, if you go as far as the the brand uh, photography is concerned. Uh, we, we talked about this a messenger ahead yeah. of time. Uh, but one of the yeah. suggestions or the suggestion that I made at that point, because you talked about how much you like color. And of course, the brand photography is ultimately geared toward a particular market, which is entrepreneurs. So what right. I was suggesting at that point as a brand position statement was vibrant environmental portraits for Birmingham right. entrepreneurs, because I think you said that you photograph them generally on site, correct? I do. So that describes the type of the style of photography, it's vibrant. It's all about that vibrant color. Um, <laughs> the environmental portrait, the location that you're photographing in portraits, obviously is the genre of photography. And then the location, Birmingham entrepreneurs, or you could say Birmingham and Atlanta entrepreneurs. And then you're calling out the market, the entrepreneurial uh, segment of the market. So you can see how simple it is, but how specific it is. And that will create a certain amount of distinction for you. You could do a Google search as well in the brand photography segment and those markets. Make sure that nobody else is carrying that same position statement. But I think that would get you a long ways. Yeah. I mean, I actually wrote that down. I actually have that already in my notebook. So Perfect. that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that's the thing I was trying to figure out is like how to make a brand statement for special needs because I know you said I could be as broad as I want, but also I want to add that component saying, hey, I'm actually an occupational therapist who works in pediatrics, you know? So I was thinking like that because like, I think they give parents more comfort medically wise for their children. Sure. Um, and that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's really smart, actually. So there's a distinction here between the position statement and then basically the about me section. Okay. Right? So you, what we have to remember is that brand position statement. And again, for everybody listening in, make sure that you're putting that position statement above the fold of the website, meaning whether you land on it on your phone or you're on your desktop or your laptop without scrolling that's going to be the first thing that you one of the first things that you see is that position statement, you know? And so again, in this case, it could be vibrant environmental portraits for Birmingham entrepreneurs or with the special needs community, portrait photography for the special needs community of Atlanta and Birmingham. And then if they scroll down or they click on the about me navigation at the top, 
you can give them context about the fact that you are an occupational therapist. And, and just briefly, and emphasis on briefly here, they, they don't need a book. They just need yeah. basic information about why your particular perspective and your experience is going to be valuable to the special needs photography. But what you want to give them first is what service you're bringing them and how that is different from anybody else. And you do that with that brand position statement above the fold. Okay. I think you're, I think you are so onto something here. And you know, one of the things that we'll, we'll close with this, um, I want to respect your time and and everybody else's time, but this is, I'm so excited for you because you already mentioned the fact that you got those 95 comments on the, on the Facebook thread, right? Right. So I know that part of your concern in, in picking a particular focus is that it maybe removes some of the potential for income that you want to generate for yourself through your business or businesses. And I, I realize that there is that potential there, but yeah. I would also argue that obviously you have a massive market to play in. There are plenty of people yeah. that know who you are, who want that photography from you already, number one. Yeah. And then those people are likely part of the special needs community in one form or another and have contacts in that community as well to who or to whom they can refer um, you as a photographer. So there's, right. there's a potential even more business there. The fact that you are a specialist there makes you even more valuable as a photographer to that community. And so the likelihood that you get referred is even higher. Um, so right. I would argue that there's this massive market out there that would provide you just as much, if not even more potentially, um, photographic jobs for you if you're willing to commit to it. That's the big question right. mark, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I've been thinking, like, you know, like hearing feedback from you and everybody else. I mean, everybody's pushing me for the class to do special needs photography because I guarantee you'll make so many families happy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't make them happy, but also what I make myself happy. And then like, I realized what I'm treating with my kiddos at work, you know, they are my best thing to see the progress, what they're doing, their personalities. Like I like when they come and give me hugs, give me fives. I mean, I left because I had one kid yesterday saying, you know, I love you, Miss Tasha, but I know you have an autoimmune disease, but you know, social distance, I still love you, air five. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. You know, um, he washed his hands the whole time for me. Yeah. And so I'm like, he's like, look what you told me. I'm like, oh, thank you. You oh. made my day. No, that's beautiful. Um, so the things like that, and I love to see, you know, the adults working to like vocational rehab and stuff, seeing them doing, having jobs and stuff. That makes me happy. And I want people to see that with them. I always think they just have a disability when they actually have an ability. Yeah. So. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> yes. We could, we could spend a lot of time talking about that. I've, I've seen, I've had very similar experiences um, being so closely associated with the special needs community. So, um, I mean, I see, listen to you, you're even talking about it. You get excited about it. It's so much a part of who you are. Um, yeah, I, I would I would encourage you, highly encourage you to, to at least explore it. And again, if, if there's apprehension about missing out on business, there's always the the possibility that you can go ahead and create two brands. I mean, you know, these days you have tools like Show It, our friends at Show It websites, or even something like Squarespace. If you want to go real basic, you could literally have a website up in a couple of hours. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and start running business to each of those, and and use the actual data, um, use the logical side of your brain that you're so good with. <laughs> Look at the actual data there and what revenue you're generating from each. But I would, I would bet that the combination of your heart as well as the available market for yeah. the special needs community, I, I think that that's the one that's going to really blow up for you if you actually really throw yourself into it further. 
Um, Nonetheless, I think we have some really good potential brand position statements here. And for anybody listening in, if you have further questions about this, don't hesitate to just send me an email. You can just say Nathan, send an email to Nathan at bocapodcast.com. I would love to further elaborate on this, but Tasha, I appreciate you being willing to have the conversation on air with everybody today. I think you're well on your way. Again, this is kind of a unique, I'm I'm putting it in air quotes here, consultation, (laughs) because really, you know, you know, like you've got this thing already going for you. It's just a matter of deciding on it and then making sure that that, that, copy the brand position on your website. It's really clear, very distinct. I think we've got a couple of good options here yeah. too. Um, I think you'll be great. Yeah. That's waiting for the time. I'm like, now I have free time to get everything together since we're all on quarantine right now. So for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well get together. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of context for anybody that might be listening to this episode down the road. We are kind of on oh, quarantine. Yeah. All around f- for the coronavirus. Uh, we do have a bit of extra time. And so it is, it's a great opportunity. You're right, just to, to go ahead and start putting these things together and make plans. So when we come out on the other side of this, you can just go full force. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm, cheering I'm, you on. I'm, I'm planning on, I promise. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy for you. We just remind all of our listeners just one more time where they can follow you online and uh, they can cheer you on as well. Okay. Uh, well, if you go on Facebook, it's under Tasha Gaines Photography. Okay. And then my Instagram is very interesting because my kids manage that. So I'm sorry for the name for it. <laughs> they, yeah. It's in, I, I just say whatever to them. It's underscore, underscore, dot, Tasha, T-O-S-H-A, dot, underscore, underscore. It matches up with my kids as well. Well, we may have to work on, on coming up with a little more distinct handle too, or an easier handle maybe after you get that brand launched. You know what? Maybe I'm going to do that right now because it actually irritates me too. So <laughs> <laughs> I may have to figure that out right now. <laughs> well, nonetheless, we'll link to your website and your Instagram handle in the show notes. Um, wish you all the best. I think you've got a really, really cool thing going for you. And uh, I'll be cheering you on for sure. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial-free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.